Here we go. Season four, episode six of Stats to Matter, NFL Week Six, and we're bringing back the Joe Fan segment. Welcome to the big time Lions fans. You won't be here for long, or maybe you will. Who knows? Uh, in our cups this week, it's the double IPA from Burlington, Vermont. Shout out to Alchemist. And we got a bourbon whiskey from Portland, Maine. Shout out Liquid Riot. Follow us on Instagram at Stats to Matter and on Twitter at Stats Podcast for all things beer and sports and uh, whiskey, I guess. We're a whiskey podcast. Find Stats to Matter wherever you get your podcast Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google. Tim, let's get into the motherfucking show. Uh, Tim, we got it. We got a good. We got a good segment today. We got a, a Joe fan segment. Uh, you know, we like having podcasts of the people, podcast fans out there. One of those podcast fans, our very own Matt Stewart. Matt, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Lifetime Lions fans, sorry, except for this year, it seems to be working for you. It's all better now. It's okay. <laughs> all is forgiven. We are happy. The Kool-Aid has never tasted sweeter. We're just happy to be a part of the league again. You know, You're just happy to be part of the league. You know, when uh, when the Lions said, nah, we're not doing hard knocks the second time, I was like, bold. I don't know. Maybe maybe they don't want people knowing their secrets. And then like, I'm not going to lie, week one, I was like, there's no way they're beating the Chiefs. And then they did. Uh, and then I was like, oh boy, like, and then they start ripping off a lot of wins. They did lose to my beloved Seattle Seahawks, but then again, Seahawks have been slumping as of late. So who knows, uh, you know, in a, in a vacuum, any team can lose. Um, we're going to get into the, we're going to get into it, man. We're going to talk about your beloved, uh, Detroit Lions. Talk about how your, your, your big fandom when, when you cried tears of joy for the team, what you think they can do this season. <laughs> But, you know, we're podcasting the people. We got to start with what's in my cup, man. So what's in your cup, man? Yeah, so uh, I was a little nervous. Um, I wanted to get something good uh, for the pod. I had like, a bunch of bottles to choose from. I actually, I, I mentioned it to you. I just finished my last definitive uh, IPA. Shout out to uh, Mike Rankin with Definitive uh, Brewing. Um, so I grabbed a bottle of bourbon that I opened a few months ago. Um, I tried it. I didn't remember if I really liked it or not. Uh, so I busted it out again. Um, this is the straight bourbon whiskey uh, from Li Liquid Riot out of Portland, Maine. It's a 90 proof. Um, I think it's one of like their staples. It's something that uh, I think they've been distilling for a while now. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good. I think I'm not into the craft distillery so much. I mean, I think some of the bigger name, you know, the uh, some of the bigger brands are the ones that I tend to go to, like Buffalo Trace and some of the more popular ones. But um, I like supporting local. So I think the last time I was, I was there, I picked up a few bottles. Um, let's go. All right. Oh, my mic is bad. Sorry it's, if you heard all of that. It's, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it sounds like you're you're on one of those ESPN call radio shows right now. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, it, it, it'll um, work. It'll work. Tim's yeah. Tim's the audio guru. He'll figure something out. <laughs> if not, yeah. then he, you'll sound like Snuffle Up against on this episode. And we'll just we'll just do it live. It don't matter. <laughs> I, I trust his editing skills. Yeah. No, this one's good. This one isn't. Uh, it, it's not something I typically drink. It's more sweet. It reminds me a lot of like the like the Tennessee whiskeys, the Jack Daniels, maybe, maybe slightly higher quality, but it's a little too sweet. It doesn't have the like the body and like the bite that a typical whiskey that i would enjoy has so um still enjoy liquid riot they're doing some very cool things down in portland with their brewing and their restaurant uh and i'll definitely you know share this one with friends when they come over 
Yeah, I, that's always a place that I love going when we go back to Maine. It's been a couple different things. It's now Liquid Riot, but what was it before? It was like oh yeah, Infinity uh, or something like that. Yeah, you know? it was a while ago. It wasn't remarkable stuff, but it is now. So yeah, yeah, kids, they're doing good stuff. You could be an ugly duckling, but you will grow up one day and be a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> swan. Uh, okay, I got uh, I got the Teddy Topper. Beer festival last weekend in town, Snallagaster, one of the best beer festivals. Um, and I just happened to go to a place in DC and I saw it was on the menu as cans. And I was like, uh, do you guys do cans to go? And they said, yes. And I said, oh, how many can I get? And they said, well, how many do you want to pay for? I was like, wow. Well, load them up. Uh, yeah, load them up. You know what I mean? I'd had quite a few that day to begin with, so I didn't really <laughs> need it. But I was like, anytime I get a chance to do it here, I feel like you, I feel like you, you support definitive. Like I always see you like on social media, like in definitive stuff. Uh, I thought like you worked there, you know what I mean? And I'm wearing Bissell stuff. Usually I'm, you know, the anime honking, honking the Bissell train, the anime. Come on. <laughs> that, that's it. That's where Portland Maine craft beer is now though, where you could They're have doing anime. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, weird story. Unique story. Um, Dylan Weber, rest in peace. Um, from definitive worked at mass landing and worked at Maine beer Co. and everything like that. He, um, and I worked at the Portland Jetport together, uh, for Delta airlines. We'll oh, chuck no bags and okay. clean planes. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize he was such a big uh, a big beer fan at the time. But I I like Definitive. You know, something that um, I appreciate about their beers is like there's what's that? It's it's Superdome, Golden Dome, Power Dome, Oh Dome. Vanilla Dome. Yes, yeah. that that sour series is like ridiculous. Like you have one and one is like it's so tart. You have one and it tastes like cheesecake. You know what I mean? And, and it's really good because I feel like you have so much stuff in the beer. It's hard to kind of get those to to stick put. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I feel I feel like my my struggle with the the, the beer industry, especially the Portland beer industry, is it, it's so difficult to tell people apart. Yeah. But what Definitive is doing with their their double fruited sours and stuff is just it's just so unique and so cool to see. The collaborations that they're putting out are just so cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't have too much to say about uh, the Heady Topper except it's it's the it's the double IPA. You know what I mean? Okay. It might not be the top yeah. rated one anymore, but. I mean, people are lame in their ratings, so um, I particularly like that. Well, get into the Joe fan segment. Matt, you are one of the first Lions fans uh, that I ever knew of, and we're talking like Megatron years. Um, yeah. You you know, Stafford, when he, uh, when he hurt his back or threw out his shoulder, whatever it is, that, that, that clip of, of him getting hurt and coming back in and throwing the touchdown. Guess you have been a diehard Lions fan for a long time. Where, where does that come from? How, how did you first get uh, on with the team there had to have been ups and downs and periods where you're like I, I, yeah. I might need to go so like but you stuck with it so how, how did that come to be it's it's honestly a, a long story that can be summed up pretty quickly i'm from california don't like to brag about that <laughs> uh but california has a million sports teams and all my friends and family you know they all liked a different team i had seahawks fans and chiefs fans niners raiders chargers rams and I just, I didn't, I didn't want to like one of those teams. You know, they all had their flaws. And so I, uh, being a young, not sure what was going on with football, I, I turned on a game and I see this dude just juking everybody and breaking their ankles. And I'm like, who is standard? Who is that guy? And I just said, screw it. They got cool logos. I like the Honolulu blue. I dig it. Let's do it. I had zero idea what I was signing up for. You, like if I could go back in time, I think I'd like to think I'd make the same decision, but I'd probably have a long talk with my young self and be like, dude, you are signing up for some pain. So just be ready. Just be ready. 
So w- uh, one thing that I I think you mentioned Seahawks there, so so I'll just bring it up. You you do have the unfortunate grace of having that um, that season without a single win, uh, and one of the the pieces that actually came and and fit into Super Bowl uh, stardom for Seattle was Cliff Averill, right? And he came from mm-hmm. uh, Detroit, and of course now uh, starting safety in the secondary, Quandre yep. Diggs. That we just um, gave away. That's cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seahawks <laughs> fleeced the Lions. And I was so Unreal. happy about it. Uh, it was the exact opposite when Earl Thomas told the Cowboys, hey, hey, when they're done with me, come get me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Diggs, 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 I think, put it on Twitter and uh, Tyler Lockett, you know, CX wide receiver was like, yo, make yeah. this happen. And Sean yeah. picked up the phone and boom, here we are. Um, there have been a lot of great Lions teams, but for whatever reason, Sort of like I would say, like the late '90s, early 2000s Cowboys. They're just not able to get past it, right? I mean, you had one of the best wide receivers in the league for a long time, um, but could never get either out of the playoffs or or deep enough to make to make a run. So, what what do you think about those teams? And then looking at the team that Dan Campbell has put together today, like what, what are the big differences? Why do you think now it's working when you know the the Ford family has has kept the team pretty much the same since you became. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly no, you know, scout or football expert. I think one of the things that was the most frustrating for me over the past, you know, 10 years of paying attention was just the constant turnover. Um, you know, Stafford and Megatron were staples at their positions, but everywhere else, they just couldn't get consistent players or coaches, uh, that, you know, would buy into the scheme or, would buy into the program or would mesh well. You know, we always had these just great talents that just never panned out. You know, Jeff Rakuda comes to mind. The dude was a stud in college and just could not figure it out at the NFL level. And then we had these dudes that were talented like Javid Best. I mean, this dude's like the second coming of Barry Sanders gets a horrible concussion like his second season in the league and now he's gone. Um, I don't know that, you know, I'm sure you've heard of the curse of, uh, of Bobby Lane. I'm sure, I'm sure there's some, something to that, you know, sports are weird and, and there's always these crazy stories that are hard to believe. I think there's probably a lot of those that have come, you know, come with the lines, but this year and, and really since Dan Campbell started, um, it just seems like the attitude and the culture are different. You know, all these, all these other teams always like to talk about accountability and trusting each other. And, and then they have uh, short-term success and um, you know, it goes to their head a little bit. Uh, the Legion of boom comes to mind. No oh. oh yeah. But you know, like look at the Pats, dude. like they, they never, yeah. you know, outside of like Tom Brady, they, they never had elite talent at, you know, across their roster, like the Niners and the Eagles and all these teams have now. Uh, what made what seems to make them consistent was the buy-in to this belief that hey, do your job, hold hold each other accountable, do your job. And I feel like that's the culture that the Lions are building right now. They've also been extremely successful over the past two, maybe three years with their drafting. Thank you, Brad Holmes. Um, his ability with the Rams to you know scout talent and identify uh, prospects in the late rounds has carried over to the Lions. You know getting St. Brown and at the, at the end of the draft was huge. And uh, yeah, man, I just, I, I feel like the culture, I mean, you saw it on hard knocks, right? This, yep. The culture of you're going to do, you're going to hold each other accountable. We're going to be gritty. 
if you don't buy in, we're going to release you or we're going to move you. You know, DeAndre Swift, thanks for your time, dude. You're a stud. I love the guy. I have his jersey on my wall. Uh, but clearly, he didn't buy into the program for whatever reason. Yeah, hey, cool. I hope he, I hope he finds success with the Eagles. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. It, it is very interesting. Um, some of the nuggets from this past year's draft, you know, uh, they took Gibbs, but they wanted Devon Witherspoon, right? You know what I mean? And um, once they knew that Seattle took him, you know, which is the highest defensive back that the Seahawks have ever taken uh, in the draft in this era, you know, they were just like, cool, we're going to pivot. We're going to get our guy. And I think one of the one of the knocks about Campbell from his time as a tight ends coach in New Orleans and then the short interim head coach in Miami during that disaster season um, is that he is that guy that is very good. Like in, in the same way that, Dion has those memeable moments. So does Dan Campbell, but also like Dion, he, he does back it up, and and he is he has this unique skill, which is convincing a whole bunch of other grown men to kind of listen to what he says. And when he says some off the wall stuff, like you can punch us in the face, you might put us to the ground, like we're gonna bite your kneecap on the way up. Some people are like, Nah, coach, I'm just trying to make a check. I'm, I'm just trying to get right. the money. I'm not trying to do that. But this team goes out, stuns the Chiefs, Super Bowl champions. His team decides to get into some real dogfights and doesn't have quit. You know, if they lose, they lose. And it, it, it is such a stark difference from, like, say, the Patricia Lions. And I, I thought for, for sure, I was like, oh, a defensive genius. This is going to work out. It's going to be great. And you see all these things in the news about him making, you know, players run outside. Like, I'm like, what, yeah. what are you trying to do? You just trying to right. make the, the, the Midwest version of the Patriots? Like, it doesn't work anywhere else, Josh McDaniels. It doesn't work anywhere else. So, like, let it go. Um, so, what what do you think that the team's biggest strength is this season? Uh, I mean, it's it's got to be, and I don't even know if this can be considered a strength, but uh, you know, the the next man up mentality has been insane. I mean, the amount of injuries that they've had on both sides of the ball, uh, and then. The ability for like I don't even want to say the backups, but like the next man up to come in and put the team on the back and deliver at their position has been crazy. I mean, some of the best players on this team have been players that have either been discarded from other teams or just you know on the roster bubble for the like. If you're on the roster bubble, that's one thing. If you're on the roster bubble for the Detroit Lions, that's that hasn't been a good sign in the past and. And those guys have been the ones that have stepped up and carried this team. You know, we have rookies that are delivering, and then we have backups that are coming in and just, you know, the uh, the Craig Reynolds block from mm-hmm. last week. I mean, that's just the team just laying out for each other, regardless of their depth chart position. Um, what's scary, though, is that, uh, you know, at some point it's going to break. At some point, the next man up mentality only goes so far. So that right. that's definitely going to be something that they need to, or that, you know, as a fan, we're going to keep an eye on. Uh, they, they can only deal with so many injuries before the mentality breaks. Yeah. Was but, it uh, a couple weeks ago, both Gibbs and uh, Amon Ra didn't play, right? Everyone was, oh my God, my fantasy teams. And I'm like, they, they have people that can produce at the positions. Right. Um, obviously, David Montgomery, I mean, you got him in fantasy, but everyone else drafted Gibbs at like in the top 10, top 12. Yeah, like, yeah. Clearly it's working out for you for the first couple of weeks, but Campbell, you know, has been very clear. He's playing a long game. He wants to make sure the team is healthy. The same way the Eagles have 15 running backs and now Julio Jones is signed. They have like another 10 wide receivers. It's just like, you know, they realize that over 18 games, you're going to break down and injuries are going to put you in a position where you don't want to be. So if you have enough people that can produce that, that'll help you out. So 
I, yeah. I do see on that. It, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see if this team can get to full strength. Uh, and obviously, what who the opponent is during that week will matter. But I want to see the team at full strength. I want to see Jamison Williams integrated. I want to see Gibbs fully integrated. I want to see Dion Branch taking 100% of the snaps on defense. Uh, you know, I think, I think that it will be the true, okay, here's where the team stands here. Here's how they stack up against the other teams in the NFC. Um, so. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think the division crown, I, I'm not going to jinx anything. Right. But if you take a look at how the NFC North is going at the moment, you know, the, the Packers have certainly taken a step back. The Vikings are mortal. If, if, if such a term could ever be used, right? Like yeah. on paper, the team defensively should be in low-scoring games, and they're getting blown out. I mean, Jefferson's injury doesn't help, but at the same time, there doesn't seem to be enough that's ever able to keep them like consistent. And then, of course, the Bears are the Bears. So, um, should the, the you know the stars align, then maybe you don't have to wait for Week 17 for a divisional game to win and get in and, and, and secure a crown. And I think that would that would be good. But I mean, do you think that that is the the ceiling for the Lions this season? Do you think they can just be? NFC North winners, do you think they can make a run in the playoffs? Like, what do, what do you think? You said don't jinx it. Uh, I, I'm good with jinxing it. I, <laughs> this team this team can't hurt me. My my expectations coming into the season were not, you know, automatic playoff burst, Super Bowl contender. Those are, those are words that are not in my vocabulary. So uh, I, I think this team is a legit number one seed contender for the NFC. I think they are, they are probably – going to be one of the most consistent teams in the NFL. They're not going to put up 70 like the Dolphins. They don't have guys that are going to, you know, run a 40 and four point whatever. Uh, but I think on both sides of the ball, they're going to be one of the most consistent, gritty, you know, pitch your kneecap kind of teams that I just don't see it coming from any other team. The other big uh, thing, you know, Jared Goff has been getting slammed. Uh, I know he's playing the best ball. That part of it. Had. I'm part of it. I know. It. I, I am too, man. I am too. He's my fantasy quarterback this year. Like, I, I'm so confident in the dude and the scheme. And, uh, you know, we talk about system quarterbacks. I, I think he might be one, and that's okay. I, I think that's yeah. okay. Um, I Yeah, I just – looking at the NFC, you know, the, the Eagles scare me with Jalen Hurts and that defense. Uh, but I, that's it. Like the Niners have, like, I'm not convinced that Brock Purdy is the guy. I'm not convinced that Debo and CMC and some of these guys can stay healthy. Uh, I'm just Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Kind of worries me as a coach, but you know, outside of those teams, like the Cowboys don't scare me. Like what, what other team has an elite quarterback that jumps off the page or has that elite defense that's going to scare you. And the NFC, I don't, I don't know. I don't really see the AFC is stacked, right? Mahomes and right. They're, they're all over the place. Um, but the NFC, I just, I, I guess I'm the division. I, I can't see them struggling in the conference. They should be a top three team. I, I just, they have a legit shot at the number one seed. And then from there, who knows? You know, I mean, they, they are tied for the best record in the NFL right now. Yeah. Uh, all those teams you mentioned, all the undefeated teams are undefeated no more. So everyone's five and one. Uh, and you lost in overtime to a Seattle team. That There's was like something, let's yeah. just let's just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks, right? And you like you could argue it had Detroit won the coin toss, like it would be different. Maybe you would be the only yeah. six and zero team, right? But overtime, yeah, yeah I, I don't think the rules should change. 
<laughs> Play the numbers. <laughs> I, I will say, just like last year, when the, I think the Seahawks beat us in a similar game, it was like 48 yep, to, to 45 40 or, or something some. like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're, Pete Carroll has the Lions number. I don't know what it is about that gum chewing fucker, <laughs> but that team, like, it, I was, I was going to say it, but in the NFC, that's the team that worries me the most. Yeah. The Seahawks. Like I feel like they've they've been playing uh, under their expectation for mm-hmm. a while now. Yeah, and I think when they figure it out, when uh, Smith and the Jigba gets involved and, and that defense kind of gets more consistent, I think that team's going to be dangerous because yeah. they mirror a lot of what the Lions are doing: consistent quarterback, elite playmakers. So. You you mentioned earlier about like uh, like teams like like Seattle, the Legion of Boom, that fell apart. So I'll give you a cautionary tale because obviously, I mean, you you listen to the podcast. You know, we talked about how. Um, you know, the curious case of Russell Wilson here. And like, I mean, I finally have been like, yep, I get it. It wasn't, it wasn't Russ, right? I don't know how, how I had the rose colored glasses on for so long, but there are more and more stories now that are coming out about just how Pete held the team accountable. And then it's always this thing like, well, Russ came up during the diva era of quarterbacks. Like, what do you do? Right? Like if Tom Brady was like, Hey, get, get this guy off the team. Like it happened. Whether whether or not he's he yeah. made that happen, right? Matt Ryan had that. Peyton Manning had that. So like Russ was kind of a byproduct of that era, but the defense up front, guys like Mike Bennett, uh, Red Bryant, just really setting the tone. And it reminds me a lot of like Anzalone and Hutchinson and how like they will just wreck a line. It, it's it's interesting to see the Lions like only send three and still collapse a line. You're just like, yeah. oh God, when they figure it out, this is going to be bad, you know. And the secondary will will, will come into its own and. I think that the players they have there are, are going to be good for the future. So I, I, I'm not going to say I want y'all to win the Super Bowl, right? Obviously, I want my Seattle Seahawks to win the Super Bowl. I will say that there, if there's a team that scares me, you know, it's the Lions. I, I, I'm on record on this on this podcast of saying, like, they're going to lose that game. And somehow they didn't. And I was like, oh, boy. Because when that pick happens, I was like, we've been here before. I know exactly where this is going. We're losing the game. Somehow we hold on. And that's... Why, like last week against the Bengals, I was like, "Oh, we're going to win this game," and then we didn't. So, <laughs> yeah, it should happen. I, I think I don't think the Lions are exempt from having flop games. No, they'll definitely have some. I mean, the Ravens next uh, next weekend are going to is going to be a tough game. Um, it, it, it's so hard. Like the the Patriots are such a horrible example, but it's so hard to consistently win in the NFL. So, you know, they have something figured out. They figured it out last season. They figured it out at the beginning of the year. I do want to see them face some tougher teams. Obviously, Seattle, uh, Kansas City was a tough first matchup. But, you know, the Panthers are not a good test right now. Uh, the Bears are not a good test right now. I want to, I want to see the Ravens. Um, you know, they, they have the Vikings at the end of the year. Hopefully, Jefferson's back. Hopefully, he's not. But, uh, you know, th- those will be true tests. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the last the, the next couple of um of games you got you got uh you got the Vikings on Monday Night Football in a couple of weeks, right? You got uh, the Ravens, like you mentioned, next week. So there there will clearly be a couple of games that um I I I I, I call them trap games. That's what I do. I know Tim doesn't like that, but oh, uh, yeah. um you know you got a good buy this week, right? In nope, week so nine, Baltimore. Uh, no, Baltimore is this week, right? I think. Let's yeah, Baltimore's this week, and then yeah. two weeks, Monday Night Football, and you got the bye yeah. Then yeah. against the Chargers. And I, I'll be honest, the Chargers, could that, that game could go either way for me a few weeks from now because... The Chargers got a little Lions in them, huh? 
They do. They, like, yeah. When it's when you put a team in the corner and they just decide, what well, we don't care if there's three turnovers, we're just going to score more points than that. And everyone's like, oh, bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it works. It does most times. <laughs> as long as yeah. you don't throw five picks, Tony Romo, um, you'll be okay. So I, I thought for sure that the Cowboys were going to lose that game last night. And uh, they didn't because, you know, Herbert gave it to him. But you, you have to, you got to be back out like that. So I, I particularly like, part of me still wishes that that 13 to three Super Bowl against the Patriots where, it, you know, Edelman was the MVP and Gronk almost lost his leg to compartment syndrome because he had so much contusions. And everyone's like, is this it for Brady? I was like, God, I hope so. Cause it was like, I thought this is going to be a 54 51 kind of game. And it didn't, it was abysmal. Uh, and I, I think that yeah. the Rams could have won that game if he had just hit Brandon Cooks. So, you know, everything works out the way it's supposed to. And you, you talked about uh, players that were on the bubble, other, other teams, and now they're with the Lions and they're doing great. Like, there is, there is something built there. And, if if the if the Seattle Seahawks can't make it, you know what I mean, and the Lions go deep, you know, yeah, I, absolutely, I will be Love rooting that. for the Lions uh, when it when it when it comes time to do that. So they're lovable, man. You, you can't help but root for the team that's been that's uh, an embarrassing franchise for the past I don't know sixty years. So okay, so let, let's put you in the owner seat, right, Ooh. and say you're part of an ownership group similar to like what just happened with the Commanders. Um, and it's you and three or four other people, and you're all sitting at the helm. You, you got this majority share ownership. What What are the first couple of things that you do for this year or next year? Yeah, yeah, it's tough, man. I so I think the first thing I would do is I'd go set an appointment with Brad Holmes and tell him to hold my hand and walk through the next draft strategy. Uh, I think I implicitly would trust what that guy decides but i'm i'm hoping that um in the next couple of years they find a young quarterback that can start learning behind golf just you know turnover in the nfl is insane so they're going to need somebody I, i'm not convinced uh, convinced that hooker is going to be the guy long term but uh we'll see and then i i hope they continue to focus on defense in the draft i think we still have some holes uh, in the secondary we have a we have a bunch of um one-year signings going into this year, right? Gardner Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley, um, some guys that have been hurt. So I hope they, I hope they can draft some consistent talent in the secondary and on the defensive line. Uh, I, I think if the defense can stay consistent over the next couple of years, and as long as Goff and Amon Ra don't leave, I think I, I, they should be good for the next few years, as long as they continue to buy into the culture. What, uh, a couple of weeks ago, they were, I don't know if you saw, they were doing the ski mask. Yep. They were encouraging fans. Like, I hated that. I, that that was the kind of stuff I don't <laughs> want to see. Like, I, I love I love owning the villain <sighs> mentality, but the minute you, like, the minute the players start buying into it and celebrating it, it makes me nervous. I feel like it's, uh, a little again, pride like before the fall. Le- yeah, it's like that Legion of Boom thing where they, which the, don't get me wrong, the Seahawks deserved it, dude. That defense was elite. But the minute the defense started like focusing on it, it kind of felt like that's when things started falling apart. When they were playing with the chip on the shoulder, and we're gonna go prove it. Like once they once they felt like they proved it, and they and they were celebrating the name, it just it just felt like it changed, right? So as long yeah. as that doesn't happen. I mean, the, the league is full of parody, right? So yeah. you, you, you talk about believing in the hype and, and speaking on it. CJ Gardner-Johnson, 
is attempting you need to, to calm to, yeah, yeah like taylor swift Turn off twitter <laughs> he just talking about you know oh debo always runs he's not gonna run when i'm not gonna run when i see him you know you won't always have, you won't always have trent williams like did, did you see the video trent williams will come out of nowhere like a bull you know just well, knock in the next week he doesn't care not only that debo ran up to like a group of six browns and headbutted one yeah. and then he stood there like there are six dudes staring at him and he went after him <laughs> i didn't see the guy run I saw uh, a lineman come in and knock that other dude into a different time zone. So, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, and then, and then you know, Garner Johnson, when his, his time with the Saints, he got clapped by that Bears receiver, which was a bad look for both players. Yeah. But there were the replay that they were putting on Twitter of him getting his head uh, pushed back like a Pez dispenser was just like you're you're you're, you're trying to uh, say something to Debo, and then this was the first thing that everybody knew was going to come up as the replay, and it was like, oh, yeah, go away. Another one of those memeable moments, right? Just by the way, I love him, and I hope he resigns. So if, if that's what it takes, <laughs> keep doing it. Just just don't buy into the own right. the, the own hype. So for much. a little bit, man. Interesting. Well, I you know I asked what would you do if you're the owner. Uh, obviously, the offensive coordinator has been getting a lot of buzz uh, and there's, there's early rumors that he's a head coaching candidate this year. And it, and it's difficult sometimes when you, when you finally catch something, because remember at the end of last season, you ripped off a whole bunch of wins, right? Then you lost in the playoffs. You start off this year, you win, 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 you lose, you're continuing to win. So th- you're streaking. The team is we together. We didn't go to the playoffs last year. Don't, Sorry, that was a. That oh, that's was a right. That's loss. right. It was yeah. winner and you lost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Who did we, I forgot we, about we, that. We lost to a team, or we beat the Packers, but I believe another team. That's right. The Seattle took Seattle. our yeah. spot. Yeah. And, and, then, <laughs> and then they may have lost. The yeah, game. that's right. We went to, <laughs> we lost in the wild card against the, the fucking Los Angeles Rams because we don't know. You were talking about a team that has our number. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if, yeah. If, you had, if you had beaten the Rams, you know, then we'd be like, all right, well, cool. Like, they have our number. But uh, um, there, there is always parody in the league. And, Whatever you put on film, another team will definitely find a way to copy. Um, but thus far, it seems that the Lions do have it going on. So I, I, I wish the best for your team. I wish that uh, on Wild Card Weekend we don't play each other because there ain't no way I think we're we're gonna fight for the top seed, right? That I don't think the Seattle's gonna do that because I think there is definitely a ceiling there this year based off of how they're playing thus far. So you know, five, six seed, I'm cool with that. That's cool. That's cool. I'd take you, that. Yeah, I'd be happy. You take you take the number one seed. You can go ahead and hang out one week, <laughs> and then, you know what I mean. Like you could just you could just play someone else in the divisional round. Like it, it'll be cool. Um, what else? What, what's what's the last thing that you that you want to tell other Lions fans who may be listening to this podcast? Uh, you know, honestly, I I was uh I was searching on Reddit on the on the Detroit Lions some Reddit, and the thing that I noticed was just the amount of times I read about people saying, Hey, like, uh, don't get excited, like calm down. Don't, don't, uh, you know, be modest. Uh, dude, I, my entire Detroit lions fandom has been pain, low expectations, but somehow still being disappointed. I am so pumped that this team is five and one. I love the culture. I love the coach. Like everything about the franchise right now is positive. Don't blame me for being excited about it. It's okay. It's okay to be nervous that your team is good and they have a shot at something special and it might not happen. That's okay. It's okay. You're not jinxing them. Just be excited, man. Don't like, I I just read so many comments about, hey, this team can lose. Of course they can lose. Of course. 
they can also win. And in the past, winning hasn't been an option. Yeah. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to celebrate the victory, right? To be excited about the team. In the past, we, we've called it drinking the Kool-Aid. Man, I am guzzling the Kool-Aid. I love it. It's so sweet. I love it. I'm going to keep uh, drinking it. I hope they go all the way this year. So Excellent. 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 Well, Matt, thanks for thanks for joining us in Joe Fan segment. We're going to have you back uh, this episode, obviously, for some picks. So, uh, Tim, let's get into the recap of the the previous week's games. Uh, I'll bury the lead. We both got two. I have a slight edge in the picks. Um, and the first one I'm going to recap here is Broncos Chiefs. Look, we talked about Russell Wilson. There's something seriously wrong with that team. There's a fire sale. They're trying to move people. Jerry Judy is rumored to go to the Colts. Uh, they just jettisoned two defensive players. And Russ did not look great primetime. Now did the Chiefs. Um, we all saw it's just the Kelsey and Swift show. Uh, and he actually showed out this time. So that was helpful. They didn't score that much. But when you write a check and that check says, it's the worst coaching job in the history of the NFL, through the, those same five weeks, you'd better not be one of five and have that coach be two and three. You just, you just shouldn't, right? You just should not be that, that comically bad. And yet, that's where Sean Payton is right now. Uh, rumors talking about moving to D.C. and everything. Um, Vance Joseph and hiring someone else. Like, you built this culture. You told Russ he acted like, uh, like a guy who wants to kiss babies instead of play football. You, you don't know how to coach in this league anymore, it seems like. So I'm, I needed that, that, uh, that pick. Very glad I did it. Um, next one, Jags, Colts. I feel really bad for Colts fans. Anthony Richardson has not completed a single game this season. He used a high draft pick on him. He's having surgery on his throwing shoulder. And the owner, when the owner comes out, Jim Irsay says, he's probably done for the season. Doesn't matter what Adam Schefter or Rappaport or anyone else says. Like, he's done. He's done. And I feel bad because, like, this makes sense now why Jonathan Taylor did not want to sign unless he had some sort of guarantee for injury and, and for what the team's purpose was going forward. So good for you for securing the bag because you might be <laughs> looking at QB QB two here if this, this keeps up. So Jags, I have a little concern for. I, I like the story. They are regressing a little bit. And for whatever reason, ETN is the guy right now. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. But all you fantasy managers who got the stack with, you know, Calvin Ridley thinking he's coming back from this year-long suspension, he's going to do a whole bunch of stuff. It has not necessarily been the case. Um, and outside of that, Zay Jones injured, they've not really been able to do a lot. Uh, defensively, they're keeping themselves in most games, and and them shocking the Bills was a fantastic game. I hope it's not the high point of their season. Um, very glad that I picked the Jags in this one. And finally, I'll go uh, Saints-Texans. The only reason I picked the Saints in this one is because of rookie quarterback. I thought D'Amico Ryans getting uh, C.J. Stroud, that, that he has to come back down at some point. Now, the streak of... No intercepted passes finally does end. Um, and the Saints happened to get it together. I think it was more about Alvin Kamara coming back and you know some timely issues there. But I, I would go back and pick this game again the same way. I, I would go back and pick Saints because it, it just doesn't make sense to me that the team would just fall flat on their face like that. If there's one thing we don't take stock of, because I gave the Texans props a, a few episodes ago, Damian Pierce is nowhere to be found. You need a consistent running game in order to keep other teams honest. You can't just sling it 40 times to Nico Hollins or Tank Dell. And when one of them gets a concussion, just, oh, I guess we'll just throw it to Dalton Schultz 15 times. 
Like eventually a team will figure out how to double both of those guys and you have to be able to pivot. And that's, that's my worry for the Texans thus far. So uh, that's the only L I took this week, Tim. You, you took an L too, because I can't, I, I mean, of course you picked the Eagles. I, I just want to point out, since you're going to recap that, uh, Jets, Eagles, I mean, Zach Wilson, ever since seeing the Kelsey's mom in the, in, in the Meadowlands, has been playing out of his mind lately. So, I, I mean, I'm not saying there's, there's smoke, there's fire, but yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. All right, let's get into week seven picks, Tim. Um, you know how this is going to work. We got Matt here back with us. He's going to do some celebrity picks. Matt, what's the first game that you're picking in week seven? Oh, man. The, there's so many good games uh, this weekend, and I usually pick by spread. I know that's not a, a popular thing on here. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to take – the Broncos over the Packers. I think. What? Yeah, man. I like it. It's in Denver. The spread is close right now. Um, I think I, I don't see the Broncos regressing any more than they than they have been. And I think this is an, uh, a perfect team to rebound against. I think the Packers defense is wildly overrated. I might be a little biased there. Uh, and I think Denver's defense is not as bad as what they showed against Miami. So I think they can figure it out here. I think Judy has a game uh, and, and Sutton continues his, you know, the success that he's had. Um, yeah, I think they figured it out. I think, I think they, uh, I think they put it up against the Packers. That'd be very interesting. The Packers have been one of those teams that have definitely turned around as of late. So I, I mean, I don't want to say the Packers are as bad as, as the Falcons, but I mean, they do find themselves in a lot of shootouts. So All right, I'm going to go Browns Colts. I just kind of crapped on the Colts here and I don't necessarily think um, that the Browns is the best pick here, but their defense has been ridiculous. Now you could say whatever you want about them being the 49ers. They're missing CMC. Debo got hurt, blah, 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 blah. But the Browns have consistently with Miles Garrett and Jim Caldwell, have made the line of scrimmage outright hell, trench warfare. If you're coming up, you're getting smacked, and you have to figure it out. Sure, go ahead, throw it over our heads. Maybe we'll get beat, maybe we won't. Uh, offensively, I think the Browns obviously believed at this point in the season they would be so much further along than they are. Um, the curious case of Deshaun Watson, though, with having this mysterious shoulder issue where he's like, maybe ready, maybe not able to, to put the ball down the field. I, I mean... The verdict's still out on him, right? I do feel bad. I, I I think if this was a game where Nick Chubb was healthy, that it would be just be a let's just let's just welcome Deshaun back to the full. Let's have him chuck it 15 times on the field, and we'll just hand it off to Chubb for 83 yards every time. And it would just that would just what happened. I do think though that the Browns are a team that's built for a lot of these lower scoring affairs. And then when they keep them close, they can get enough of the the feeling of, oh, oh my God, we're gonna do it. And I and I think they can they can do that here. The Colts are a particularly bad team. They always they have been for the past few years. I think there's a lot of ghosts of Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning in that building until they sage it out with some YouTuber. You know what I mean? They're, they're not gonna be able to to change anything. So uh Matt, what's your second game? Uh, second game, I'm going Jags over the Saints. I think the Saints are the favorites right now, and they're at home. 
but I think that with the Jags coming back from a, a successful European tour, um, I think they, I think the Saints continue to struggle. I don't, I don't think David Carr is, I don't think it's his season. Um, you know, obviously Kamara's come back, but I think the Jags are figuring it out. I think he struggled a little early in the season, but um, you know, I think ETN's having a great year. I think Lawrence has gotten better uh, over the last couple of weeks, and then obviously their skilled players on both sides of the ball are still pretty elite. So I'll take the uh, the Jags over the Saints. Interesting. I would love to know how David Carr is going to be on NFL Network and also play in the game for the Saints. Uh, whatever on... you know, they, <laughs> they both suck. <laughs> uh, Tim, my my third pick here. I I look. I I'm used to failing in the second part of the season on picks wise, so I got to stack some dubs where I can early in the season. Anyone who's listened to the podcast for a couple seasons knows that. So, so because we've got a four pack bet on the line here, I got to make sure I get some dubs, some quality dubs. Giants, Commanders, going Giants here. In the same way that you talked about how the Broncos defense isn't that bad, the Giants defense isn't really that bad. The offense there has not been able to get it going. Waller has been on a milk carton for a couple of weeks here. He's been decent here. Saquon's back now. And the Commanders just got in a dogfight with the Falcons. And if Ridmit, if Desmond Ritter didn't Ridmit, if Desmond Ritter didn't throw that pick, I mean, you could you could argue that like they were going to lose that game. Riverboat Ron had a chance to beat the Eagles, chose not to go for two, chose to go to OT. We all know that how that worked. Um, that being said, they really, I mean, I know the refs had something to do with it on uh, Monday night, but the Giants really gave the Bills a handful. And I think that's that's a narrative that gets lost from like the final score, right? Because there's a couple touchdowns and it's Allen and it's Diggs and, you know, everyone's just kind of grounding things out. And the defense, you know, was really what took the took the game. But the Giants can't be bad forever. So in the same way that you said the Broncos can't be bad forever, the Giants can't be bad forever. That's why I'm going with the Giants. Tim, I look forward to uh, your picks and how you're going to suck it up this week. So I look forward to going three for three. Matt's obviously going to go three for three because he got celebrity shout out. Um, so so that will. That was only two picks. Oh. Yeah, we got to do third pick. Yeah, I, I I must be like instead of uh, oh, Sam I Smith, I must be like man. must be like Stephen Smith or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> give give us your third pick, Matt. Hey, quick quick shout out to Stephen A. Uh, I don't know if you saw the most recent ESPN or whatever show he's doing now, but his number one team in the league, which scares me, I don't agree with anything this guy says, is the Detroit Lions. Uh, uh, that's the first time in my lifetime that I've ever seen that, which is the same reason why I will take them over the Ravens. Ooh. I think I think this will be one of the biggest tests they have this year. Yes, I understand they went in the Arrowhead, but it was the first week of the season. It's always weird. They didn't have Kelsey. They didn't have Chris Jones. You know, some people were calling for an asterisk next to the score box, the box score. Uh, I think the Ravens have so many flaws, and I think the Detroit Lions' strengths match up perfectly i don't see the ravens being able to establish any sort of run game in this uh in this matchup which i think lamar has just depended on this year and other years so um you know other than uh mark andrews and maybe zay flowers who showed up in week one but has been invisible since then i just i don't see the ravens offense being able to keep up with the lions and I hate that confidence, but 
whatever, man. Uh, I'm in. I'm committed this year. The Ravens have scared me in the past, but I think the Lions handle them this week. Uh, I'll take them by a touchdown. Oh, a touchdown. Oh, yeah, wow. Go. That's, let's go. That's, that's bold. That's bold. Tim, you'll have, fun, you'll have fun editing this one. That's for sure. <laughs> Leave that part in, though. <laughs> Leave that part in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tim, Tim's off saving the world. We're, we're, we're team fucking do it live. Uh, all right, everyone. That will do it for this episode of Stats No Matter. Of course, thanks, everyone, for the support. Thanks to everyone in India who thought this was about cricket and they're still listening, uh, as the downloads say. So maybe there's a whole bunch of Detroit Lions fans out there we just don't know about yet. It's untapped market, um, especially after they win the... Uh, what, what is it they call in the in the CFL when they win their Super Bowl? Is it the Grey Cup? The, the Commander's Cup, the Kelowna Cup, whatever it's called. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I know Michigan's close to Canada, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go find the bourbon whiskey from Liquid Riot. Support support them up in Portland, Maine. And, of course, anytime you can find The Alchemist, uh, lean over the bar and ask in a very hushed tone, where did you get it? Is it good? <laughs> How many can I take with me? <laughs> and I won't tell anyone about this. <laughs> uh, thanks to Matt for joining us in the Joe Fan segment. Thanks to all of you for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Peace. Fuck the Packers. <laughs> it's only, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even mad about it. I'm not even mad about it.